Chimera by Phil Gong. Read by Dan Snellgrove. Chapter 16 Return to the Plummet Pit. Slow down, whispered Jamie. There's no time, Kip whispered back leading the other boy onwards and upwards through more dank passageways. The dried mud covering their skin was starting to flake, rays of elsewhere light flashing from their hands and faces. Desperate metamorphs pursued them. Kip had another reason for hurrying. The tea leaf's contagion, the fugue. How long before he forgot about his determination to reunite the Bean Twins? How long before he looked upon this other boy with confusion? How long before he became a lacunatic, a stranger even to himself? On and on the boys continued, passing through tunnels so cramped they had to crawl on their hands and knees. Where now? asked Jamie as they arrived at a dead end. Kip pointed at the honeycomb of junk above their heads. This time, we go up. The two boys hadn't been climbing long when the whole heap began to quake. They heard the roar of shovelisks coming from above. The old wooden sledge on which Kip was balancing fell away suddenly as a rift opened below, leaving him hanging from a length of hosepipe. For one heart-stopping moment, Kip thought Jamie was going to fall as the ladder he was climbing tipped backwards into the rift. Fortunately, the ladder wedged across the fissure, Jamie dangling from one of its rungs. Above, the shovelisks continued their assault on the rubbish heap, the walls of the rift heaving and shedding debris. Kip looked up and saw something that made his blood run cold. Suspended precariously in a net of cabling was a rusted washing machine. With each new tremor, the washing machine slipped a little further from its harness. In a matter of seconds, it would come crashing down, smashing the ladder into matchsticks and Jamie with it. Hold on, said Kip lowering himself as fast as he dared down the length of hosepipe. Jamie had seen the washing machine too. Ping! The sound of cable snapping. Ping! Ping, 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 ping! Kip waited for the terrible rush of air, the awful smashing sound. But when nothing happened, he risked an upward glance and saw the washing machine dangling by a single cable. Kip reached his hand out. Take it! Jamie shook his head. Take my hand now! I can't! You must! I can't reach! Stretch your fingers! You have to! Bing! The washing machine dropped. The ladder in splinters. But Jamie was alive, swinging from Kip's arm. The washing machine just missing them both and clattering to destruction below. The two boys began to rise the hosepipe drawn upwards in a series of jerks until they were reeled onto an outcrop of compacted rubbish. Kip and Jamie stared up at their rescuer. Sir Regulus! gasped Kip. What are you doing here? 
coming with you, he replied, <laughs> stepping out from the coils of hosepipe he'd been anchoring between his hand and his feet. Hanging from his waist was a long metal scabbard, the sword from the museum room inside it. He helped the two boys to their feet. If you stand any chance of getting out of here, you're going to need my help. An unexpected clattering noise made everyone jump as Bertram tumbled from his hiding place. Kip and Jamie are going to need our help. Bertram said. Oh, no. You're not going anywhere, Bertram. You're going back this minute. Back where? The Souvenir Society is finished, Sir Regulus. Even now, the GAM is being interrogated as to identity of other anti-jet Semelite sympathisers. <laughs> Dr Ossifer said nothing, of course, and Clarissa was too upset to speak. But Wurlitz is on Warpath. They say he's got a silk city. No one in or out. Go back. There's no left for me in Flotsam Pothole. I promised I'd keep you safe. But I can help. I want to help. You're not coming with us. That's final. Go back to the city. Talk with Wurlitzer. Make him see sense. He won't listen to me. He hates me. And me him. I never want to see him again. You should have more respect. Respect? Oh, you're defending him now. You never could make up your mind which side you're on. Wurlitzer isn't our enemy. He's just... Sir Regulus struggled to find the right word. He's lost. We're all lost. But some of us believe in second chances. In fighting back. In doing something. <clears throat> Sir Regulus drew his sword and levelled it at Bertram. Go back. Do it now. I won't tell you again. The point of his sword was just inches from Bertram's snout. No one moved. No one spoke. Kip and Jamie exchanged worried looks. Sir Regulus's sword glimmered dangerously. More seconds passed. The air itself seemed to crackle. You were my hero once, Bertram said finally, before turning from Sir Regulus and hurrying away. Watching him go, Sir Regulus said to the two boys, I know what you must think of me, but I've lost too much to the shovelisks already. The three of them arrived back on the surface of the rubbish heap by pushing their way out through the door of an enormous refrigerator. Sir Regulus checked the plummet pit for shovelisks. Can we climb back up to the citadel? asked Kip staring doubtfully at the oil-slick sheen of the walls. The only way out is through there. Sir Regulus pointed at the tunnels set into the walls of the plummet pit. What's at the other end? Jamie asked uneasily. As if in answer, a gust of sparks erupted from it, accompanied by shrieks of tearing metal. That's the noise of the dismantlers! At work inside their bombardment compartments, explained Sir Regulus. Dismantlers? asked Jamie. Another noise echoed around the plummet pit. A pitiful scream. <coughs> Only it hadn't come from the tunnels. 
something crashed down onto the rubbish heap from above. Oh my, said Sir Regulus, staring in confusion at the latest admissions to the plummet pit. Sar Samovar, bleeding clouds of steam. And Polly Honeydew, her limbs broken. The Tsar is trying to say something, said Kip. Villainy, whispered Tsar Samovar. Villainy! Polly Honeydew was trying to say something too. With twisted lips she tried to speak, but then her eyes rolled white in their sockets. The puffs of steam leaving Tsar Samovar's nose thinned and then stopped completely. Sirens sounded. Two shovelisks entered the plummet pit and began at once to climb the rubbish heap, their long yellow necks swaying and their jaws opening and closing with a terrible toothsome snap. The heap shook. Jamie was thrown on his back. Kip sank up to his chest in rubbish. Sir Regulus confronted the first shovelisk, drawing his sword. The creature's eyes blazed, snorts of exhaust gusting from its nostrils. It lunged, butting Sir Regulus in the chest with its head, knocking him flat. With a triumphant roar, the shovelisk dragged itself towards Jamie and Kip, its rubbery foot splintering wood and smashing china. With an awful crushing sound, it flattened the body of Tsar Samovar and then rolled over Sir Regulus. The shovelisk was above the two boys now, who coughed inside a cloud of its breath. It sniffed them opened its jaws and then froze. The shovelisk spasmed before toppling sideways with a loud crash. His sword dripping sticky black fluid, Sir Regulus stood up and rested his foot on the dead shovelisk's neck. <laughs> the old sword in the belly manoeuvre. Yes, I got fire mingus the selfsame way. <laughs> his jubilation was short-lived. The second shovelisk reared up behind Sir Regulus, snatched him off his feet, tossed him in the air and caught him in his mouth. Its sights now set on Kip and Jamie, the shovelisk snorted hungrily and scooped them up too.